Welcome back to the Money Pig Podcast brought to you by Goodwin Investment Advisory, where our mission is to lead people to financial peace, independence, and generosity. I'm your host, Reed Trigo, and today on the show, we are joined by financial advisor Joe Beckford, certified financial planner professional, in fact, here at GIA for a discussion about what to do when you receive an inheritance. Joe, nice to have you here. Even better to be here. I don't know why you keep inviting me, but yeah. I, I appreciate being invited into your house. Because these are interesting conversations. They and are, and we always, always have a good time. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So recently we put out a blog. We're going to link this show to it yep. uh, about what to do when you receive an inheritance. It's always an interesting question. It's it's a It can be a, a, a surprise with mixed emotions. Absolutely. Right? It's probably a bittersweet thing, right? That's probably if, what I was trying to say. If you had say. any idea it was coming, it's it's a bittersweet thing. You know, if it's if it's a windfall from somebody you never knew and just all of a sudden you got it, then- Sweet thing. Nothing but blessing. But <laughs> either way, right. it's a blessing. Yeah. 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 And Absolutely. with any blessing comes responsibility, right? That's right. That's right. So when this occurs, an inheritance comes into your life or some sort of windfall. I mean, we were just talking a minute ago that windfalls can be different. You can sell a business, you can win the lottery, not likely, but you know, I guess try. Got to play to win. That's that's right. But, um, but those kinds of things you would probably uh, steward that money differently than an inheritance. So I think most people would feel it incumbent upon them morally to steward money from an inheritance a little better than some other ways they would come into a windfall. I would certainly hope so because, you know, in the end, somebody worked their lives hard to give you a piece of what they didn't spend in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a responsibility. It's a gift. Yeah. And so. it was really important to them to leave that legacy. So be a part of a good legacy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So what do we, what do we talk to people about when they come in and, and this is the scenario? How do you kind of approach this topic with a client? So the funny fast answer is, well, I'm an investment advisor, so give it to me to manage it, right? <laughs> of course. I get paid. You're happy. Everybody's happy. Right. But here's the reality is everybody has needs. And we tell our clients, think about your needs and satisfy your needs. And then let's look at your wants. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so needs, I mean, at the barest level, I would look at somebody and say, how's your emergency fund? Everything goes to hell in a handbasket. Are you covered? Do you have some cash? Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, you'd be surprised at people that are well-to-do, driving really nice cars, have no emergency fund. I can't, I can't cite the stats right now, but I think it's something just south of 50% of people can't cover a $500 emergency. Last year, I had heard it was a $1,000 emergency, but like a $500 emergency, that's a serious problem. Right. That's incomprehensible. And mm-hmm. I mean, now- Everything costs $500. So <laughs> you do anything, it's going to cost you $500 emergency. That's right. You go to Costco. Right. Can so, you get out of there for less than $500? Yeah, you can. Well, yeah, you, you can. can. <laughs> you can. Just don't don't go on Sunday after church when you're hungry. <laughs> then, you, right. then you can't. That's right. So um, I always tell people, well, let's look at our needs. So I would look and say, what's your emergency fund look like? Your, what's your basic emergency fund look like? And then what's your fully funded emergency fund? And we recommend three to six months of emergency expenses. How are you covered so you're just going back to the basics. Back to basics. There's always the the smart way to do this. We talk about Dave Ramsey's baby steps or or the financial order of operations that are out there by some popular um, advisors as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the basics are the basics, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we start at that. So are you covered? Okay, good. Are you covered? Well, then, so once once you've got that, how are your goals? So do you have an education goal that's also a need? You know, we've got junior going to school in three years or whatever. And, oh my gosh, we had not 
planned for that. But maybe now this windfall from a relative is going to enable education to go on. And that's a good way to honor mm-hmm. you know, your deceased relative. So do you have an education thing? Let's say you have that taken care of. Okay, well, how is your parachute? What's your retirement plan look like? Do you have that buttoned up? Are you in good shape? Or were you woefully not knowing what you were going to do and you were going to work well into your 70s, well longer than you wanted to, and this windfall might make all the difference for you? And I bet a lot of people come in and they don't know. If they haven't been a client here and we haven't sat down and done a bunch of math to figure out, because I remember like at some point you start to think, what's my number? Like what number do I need to be at to have a really comfortable retirement or have the income I want in retirement? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people just don't know. They don't know how to figure it out. It's not easy for anybody. And it's different for everybody. It is. And it's complicated. You know, mm-hmm. some people, you're right. Some people are walking around thinking, oh, I need to have a million dollars by the time I hit 65 and then I'm going to be okay. Well, are you? How much How much are you going to spend and how long are you going to live? And everybody's scenario is different. Mm-hmm. So- there's not a number that's a magic bullet out there. And you're right. Most people don't know it. And because it's big and ugly and complicated and difficult, and you got to put in some work to figure it out. So you know what people do? They don't. Mm-mm. Yeah, they don't. So you're right. Most people walking around don't. And that's part of why I have a job. That's just part of why there's places like an investment <laughs> advisor. That's right. right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. Okay. What else do we do? We look at needs. So we look at needs. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's say we've satisfied all our needs. Now let's look at wants. So retirement on track, kids' college is funded. Um, I've got an emergency fund. You've got an emergency fund. If something goes wrong, you are no problem. You're going to cover yourself for six months. Yep. Okay. Do I have debts that I need to get rid of? Ooh, that's a need. Do I have a malingering car payment that has been sitting there that I need to get rid of? Right. You know, do I have a student loan? A lot of people are in student loans right now, and we are just getting to where people are going to have to start making repayments again. That's right. And that hasn't been for a while, like since COVID, that's been on hold. Well, that's right. you can't bankrupt student loans. Just remember, you pay them, you know? So is there, is there a student loan that we need to get out of the way? Something like that. So okay. we really are going to go look at debts. And you're right. We would consider that kind of a, a need. These are needs. Before we'd move on to wants. Okay. So, so let's say we've got our debts taken care of. Now we move on to wants. You might have a mortgage that you want to pay off. That could be an option. You know, and I would say you go in order. So some of these orders are going to use up some of this money. So we're always going to be looking at, well, what's the size of the inheritance and how much money is left after we've satisfied each of these steps? Mm-hmm. And then we step into the wants area and we look, how big a pot of money is that that we're talking about and what can we do? So have you are you driving a 20-year-old beater car and you really need a new car? And car rates are – prices are high and rates on loans are high. So, yeah, just buy – Buy a new car. You need one. There's somebody that drives 20 years in a car. Buy a new car. And it's about priorities too. Uh, because some people might just be happy with the car they're driving. I need a new car. Well, maybe if you need a new car, that's a need versus mine. Like that's true. Your that's wheels true. are falling off. You need a new car. But I'm like, I don't want a new car. But maybe I do. Maybe I'm more of a car person, which I'm not. But if it's about your priorities. Is your priority to be totally debt-free and have your house paid off? Well, if that's your priority, then- that's where you probably will want to put that money. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's say that your house mortgage isn't an issue or that you're satisfied you've got a great rate. It's You're not going to be in the house a really long time. Maybe it doesn't make the most sense for you to pay off that mortgage right now. Okay, well then what should I do? Do I have some other at once? Well, if you're going to be a wise steward of that money, you should likely invest it. A lot of vehicles do invest it, right? Real mm-hmm. estate's one of them. So maybe you're looking, maybe you've always wanted that beach house. 
we just had a hurricane go through here as we're recording this, right? So maybe you make sure you get your hurricane insurance if that's the case, but you get a mountain place, you get a rental property or something like that. Maybe it's a place that you can vacation and rent out. We get asked that a lot with mm-hmm. clients and we work on trying to make that a goal that gets funded and happens. So you're not ponying up all of it and then it's just a drain and ends up helping you in your retirement as well. So maybe maybe real estate is something that you're looking at. Another place is, how about a stock and bond portfolio? Near and dear to my heart, that's the kind of thing that we we do around here. You know, yep. Maybe you just have a regular old investment account that is liquid. You can turn it into whatever you need whenever you need it. Because we're assuming your retirement accounts are already fully funded, maxed out, got the money going in the right places, but this mm-hmm. would just be a brokerage account still available to you. And it would want, you'd want to invest that in the market. So we'll, let's dig into that a little bit more because this is going to pretend, depend on the size of this windfall you have, this inheritance. But so do you just go dump it all in the S&P 500 index fund or do you dribble it in over 12 months or what do you do? How do you do this? How do you think through this actually? We always start with what's the purpose we always try to start with why. What's the purpose of the money? So even when somebody says, I've got this windfall, this is extra money, I've taken care of all of my bases, I don't really know what the purpose of this money is. Then I look at, well, what's the time horizon for this money? And what's the likelihood that you'll spend it in your lifetime? And how old are you? So let's look at our time horizon. Are we talking about like this money's going to need to come into play in the next five years? Or it's not going to need to come into play for 30 years. It's going to be just part of your legacy that you're going to leave to your kids, grandkids, et cetera. Okay, well, then the time horizon's much longer. So that's going to tell us how we're going to invest it. Mm-hmm. And to your point, size matters, mm-hmm. right? So that dollar cost averaging idea, that's why the automatic millionaire adding to your 401k, 403b works because contrary to popular belief, none of us can predict the market. If we try to hit, wins the bottom, wins the top. I'm never going to be right. You might get lucky once. I might get lucky once. Or twice but not enough to actually beat the market. Right. Not consistently. Right. So how do you win? Well, you dollar cost average, you buy in, you buy in, you buy in, you know, and sometimes you're buying higher, sometimes you're buying lower, but in the end things still go up even in a down year, like last year, once you get past it, things go up. So you're still better off just continue buying. But if you've got a $50,000 account, it's really hard to dollar cost average and make that effective over a period of time. So this is just my opinion, my rule of thumb. If you have like less than $100,000, it's probably not worth it for you to go through the time of dollar cost averaging that it, investment. It might be fun for that person. And, and by the and way, you let, certainly me, could. let me just go back and define dollar cost averaging because we just blew by that. But That's that, great, would be, that would idea. be somebody who contributes or invests the same amount of money on a set schedule. And, and that means if you're buying the same thing, you're putting $1,000 a month in or whatever your dollar cost averaging probably take your lumps, take your amount and do it over 12 months is probably a reasonable term, but mm-hmm. you're putting the same amount of money, buying the same thing month after month. So when the price is up on that thing, you're buying fewer shares. When the price is lower on that security, you're buying more shares. So over time, it actually tends to be a little better performer, but if you time the market, right. And dump a lump sum in at a given time, it could outperform. So it's kind of a 50, 50 thing. I think Dollar cost averaging makes us all feel like we've diversified ourselves just a little bit better. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and it's a little more active. So somebody who actually wants to be a part of the process, they can be more active and um, and it'll be more 
there goes our owner just walked by and pretended like he was going down the steps in the glass window. That's great. Never a dull moment. I did not get distracted by it at the all. Studios. Never <laughs> a dull moment. So dollar cost averaging. Um, that it's a it's a good way, you know, to, to stay active into into your investments. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Awesome. And you mitigate downside. Mm-hmm. You know. So there's no guarantee, but it's it's a good winner. I We're think. good. So I like that strategy. So in the end, there's no like, yes, you should, how to invest a, an inheritance. There's no like one answer. No, there's not one yeah. answer because there's one, what is the money for? Why is it important to you? And it's so unique. And why is it important to you? You know, oh, this was mom's money or this was some Uncle Phil that I never knew even existed. That's a big difference. And that pulls at your heartstrings. So money, we always talk about the concept of left brain, right brain around here. You know, we do a lot of left brain math. We can work numbers and things. But if you divorce that from the right brain feelings of people and how do we achieve goals that are going to make people feel better and we really want people to have a transformational kind of experience, then you can't divorce those two things. So it's just unique. There's no magic bullet that fits everybody. Yeah, absolutely right. You just said something too. I want to come back, swing back to, because I remember years and years ago, I was a relatively new client here, probably asked a very general question. What should I do with this? And I I think it was you maybe who came back and said, what's it for? Yeah. I was like, what's it for? It's just because it's money. It's sitting there. What do you think (laughs) it's for? It's for to grow. That's what I want it to be for. But it's true. You've got to be able to answer the question. What's that dollar for? Everyone that comes in, what's that dollar for? Name those dollars. And it just makes such a huge difference in just one, our cash flow behaviors Mm -hmm. day to day and month to month. But in the long term, when you start to look at "Mm, what's that for? That money right there is for our trip to Australia in 2027. Yes. Four years away, right? That's what that money's for. Right, right. That's, that's the difference between being intentional and accidental. Yeah. Right. And you're Mm going to have a much more fulfilled life and experience around money. If you're intentional with it, then it's accidental. My wife and I have a a moniker we use around the house. We're like, your dollars either have names or wings. (laughs) That's right. You either, either tell it where it's going to go or it's going to fly out of your pocket. Exactly right. They have a tendency to do that. They do. They do. They're like little soldiers. (laughs) You better put them to work. So they go to war. Or that you're going to sit around and desert you. Just yeah, <laughs> drink too much. And I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to have a great time. That's what's going to happen. All right, Joe, thank you very much for being Absolutely. here. Absolutely. This awesome. has been fun. Thanks for having yeah. me. And I always say as financial advisors, we manage and balance portfolios. I mean, it's part of what we do. But the unique value is that we work to understand our clients' individual goals so that we can have these types of planning conversations that are so personal and unique to each individual. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have a question you want us to answer on the show, email it to us at moneypig at goodwininvestment.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. The Money Pig Podcast is hosted by Reed Trigo, a financial advisor at Goodwin Investment Advisory. This podcast is intended to share information and perspectives, but should not be interpreted as legal, financial, or tax advice. The opinions shared by participants are not necessarily endorsed by the company. Goodwin Investment Advisory is regulated by the SEC, and the company operates in compliance with applicable securities, laws, and regulations.